Hello, you are listening to the Fetish Dynasty Podcast, Episode 1. Coming up will be an introduction and some thoughts about the podcast, as well as an interview with Amy and Dan of FetishKitch.com. Stay tuned. and thanks for tuning in to the Fetish Dynasty podcast. This being the first episode, I think it's only right to talk a bit about the podcast itself. Some of you may have listened to my former podcast, Rubber Canada, which produced about five episodes in and around 2005 to 2006. You might still be able to find it listed on iTunes, but the content is so dated that it is probably not worth finding. Apart from fetish movie reviews and other news, I interviewed fetish luminaries in Canada, including Eric Paradise from the Sin Monthly Parties and the Montreal Fetish Weekend. I'm happy to see the Montreal Weekend bigger and better than ever. Apparently in 2011 they will see six days of parties or events. Wow. It is by far the biggest party in Canada and one of the biggest and best in the world. I highly recommend attending if you're on the North American continent. Montreal is a great city and the eye candy is so sweet it will give you cavities in places you didn't know you had. A lot of lube has passed under the bridge since the Rubber Canada days. Since 2006, I've gotten married to the beautiful Prima Fetishista, been to the Montreal Fetish Weekend twice, the Fetish Factory Anniversary Party in Fort Lauderdale once, and started the Fetish Dynasty Project. Fetish Dynasty is the tent under which I plan to introduce and explore as many different creative avenues as possible. Photography, this podcast, video, commentary and reviews, you name it. Starting in March of 2009, my wife and I have published numerous images in a very short movie. You can always find the latest information and contact at fetishdynasty.com. There are links to our Flickr galleries, as well as a link to my profile page on FetLife. This episode, as well as the next few, will be focused on exploring the lives of fetish couples, featuring interviews with real-life rubberists and kinky folks who have not only incorporated fetish into their lives and relationships, but photographed and or filmed themselves in their outfits and play, and even monetizing their sex lives as Fetish Kitsch has done. Many other topics will be covered, and I hope to provide reviews and news tidbits as well. So sit back, enjoy, lube up that latex, and listen to my conversation with Fetish Kitsch after the break. Fetish Kitsch is a unique experiment by a unique couple. Amy and Dan have embarked on a journey that has captured the imagination and attention of many, and I'm very grateful that they took the time to talk with me about their lives and the website. They are genuine, kind, fun, humorous, and unapologetically kinky people who not only live the lifestyle, but film it and charge a membership fee to see it. The outfits are fantastic, the sex is hot, and you just can't help but like them as they provide a window into their latex and bondage-filled sex lives. In an age of privacy concerns, they are putting themselves out there for all to see. My conversation with them runs for about 45 minutes, and I play that for you now. Hey there, this is Fetish Dynasty, and I'm very, very pleased to have on the other end of the Skype connection, Fetish Kitsch, Amy and Dan. How are you guys doing? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. I understand you guys are currently in the middle of shooting something? Yes, hence all the shiny rubber. Um, um, they can't see us, though. Oh, never mind. This isn't a... <laughs> well, we're wearing a lot 
Anishinaabe River right now. So, um, and yeah, we're doing some product photos right now and for latex and lovers. And we're also doing promotional shots for ourselves too for the website. So, very cool. Yeah, I see that you've enabled a video, and I'm really tempted to hit it to be kind of weird. <laughs> You'd be staring at a screen and. Yeah. You can do it if you want. I mean, we're used to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, totally. We put ourselves out there quite frequently. Yeah. So. You can't really embarrass us. So. I've tried. <laughs> when I do my television show, we'll, we'll get you on video. So it's a miracle that audio even works, so we won't mess with it. Okay. True. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of people want to know uh, or have a lot of questions and want to know what way do you want to start Fetish Kitsch? You go first. It wasn't ever a conscious decision. <laughs> it was just kind of a gradual progression, I guess. It started with, it's, it really started with, we were just a happy couple when we had, I don't know, we, 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 it was pretty quickly in our relationship, actually. Like, yeah, we started probably, we'll start a bondage, probably like, God, six months into our relationship. Six months in, like. And then we started just doing videos for ourselves just kind of for fun I, I don't know when you when you tie a girl up there's like this you don't know what to do after a second and you just want to take a picture of it you just you just <laughs> instill it somehow that's true he would always take a picture so then we put some stuff on DeviantArt just because he's like hey I got all these pictures why not and we were surprised that we were actually getting responses Huge from response. people like hey that looks really cool and we're like really okay so then we just kind of gradually progressed into making videos and we just, it was kind of the same thing with that. We put one on YouTube of, I think, just like my butt or something. No, Not it, even was, anything cool. you, it was you cooking, <laughs> and I joked about putting it on YouTube, and you were like, fine, do it. And I did it, and then it got huge. And we're like, again, we're like, okay, really? So then we just, we kind of just went with it, and it, it really, we just kind of fell into it. So it was, it was never like, we're going to do this. It just sort of happened that way. And It's a mixture of my love of, uh, Production and your love of sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So was it, it wasn't ever sort of like an aha moment? Like, hey, you know what we should do? No. It, I mean, it really wasn't. It, I think that's why things are working out so well is because it really is just a very natural process. There's really no pushing ourselves to do anything. It just, it all flowed very, very well. So it's mm -hmm. very organic. Totally. So you waited six months before you started bondage in your relationship? <laughs> what took you so long? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think he wanted to scare me right away. <laughs> and, I mean, we were still relatively new, so it just... Right. Well, I think, I personally, I like to develop an emotional... If I, if I care about someone, I like yeah. to get to know them real well before I start. Plus, you were just fun anyways, without what? the bondage. You were, she was... <laughs> She was pretty uh, intense, so. That's a good sign. Thank you. <laughs> so why Fetish Kitsch? What's, what's behind the name? I came up with this in English class, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was, there's, I still have the, the, the piece of notebook paper that I was just sitting there. I was really bored, and I was writing out. Well, I had to come up. I realized that you can't link. Uh, this is back when we had Clips for Sale. And you can't link a Clips for Sale store to a YouTube thing account. You can't have a link anywhere to anything adults, but you can say uh, uh, a name, you know? Right. So we had a, I can't say, come to Clip Store 5762832, because yeah. no one's going to remember that. 
So um, I had to come up with a name, and I didn't want to come up with anything too serious. So yeah, I don't, I don't even know how that happened. You had, you, you know? had said the word kitsch before to describe something, you know, I something did. that's kitschy, and I thought that was, I didn't know the word, and I thought it was a fantastic word. So, so that's totally, fantastic. yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, I've always thought it was appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> kitschy, like you guys are, young couple out there in their apartment in the Midwest yeah. making crazy rubber porno. I mean, <laughs> I guess we don't really take ourselves seriously, so no. we, we never wanted it to be like really like, oh, I'm fetishy. We just wanted to have fun with it. So I think that's why we had to sort of make fun of ourselves in a way by calling it kitschy. Someday, though, we will make like... Yeah, we've been wanting to do well, I'm the pizza man or, or any like a sexy plumber or something. We're going to do that. We're going to do like an awful spoof on like 80s porn or something. It'll be great. So stay tuned. Come up with awesome. Cool. So this is a question I've always wondered about people. Maybe, Dan, you can start. I think you've actually told me this before, but but how did you discover latex or your fetish for it? Um... Probably late at night on my parents' computer when I was quarantine. <laughs> Just like people are discovering our site, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think everyone kind of has a, a inclining or incline. I can't inclining. Can you? You said strike. Inclining. Inclining. <laughs> That's something to strike out right there. <laughs> strike. Everyone has inclination. Inclination to a certain type of. Uh, of something sexual, some kind of fetish within them, you know, whether it be feet or hands or lady parts or <laughs> ladies wearing something, spaghetti, who, who knows? <laughs> I saw a girl covered in mayonnaise the other day. Um, everyone, everyone has something, and I think to me it was just tight clothing in general, and, and latex is kind of as tight as it gets. And yeah. Oh, yes. Um, water sports. I was a wakeboarder, and also I live next to Lake Michigan, which is very cold. So everyone always wore wetsuits, especially girls, and that was a big one. And then yeah. also, what? I, I, I hear you there. Uh, <laughs> I also taught um, high school girls swimming back when they used to wear those rubber suits, too. So that was a oh. real big one. Yeah, you must have loved that. <laughs> you like looking at your students. <laughs> I was in high school, too, so oh, it was okay. Okay, good, good, good. okay. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been great. God, I wish. I don't know. I felt weird about it, though. Yeah. I was a competitive swimmer. So I started when I was about 11. And as soon as I hit puberty, certain things started to make me feel funny. Like a cute girl with a rubber cap stretched over her head. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was way before I knew anything about about fetishes. Mm -hmm. So imagine it was the same for you. And then it changes, I think. Like when we started wearing it, I mean, the first it was, you know, she said, you said something, we, we used to DB yarn a lot. And then you saw a picture of a girl in a cat suit and you were like, oh, I want one of those. And I was like, that's very doable. <laughs> and so I bought you a cat suit. And at first I thought that was like, that was going to be it. That was like the greatest thing ever. And then we started getting into more like, I never liked hoods until we got them, and then I start realizing the transformative powers of, you know, dressing up. And yeah, and costumes. I think you probably like hoods even more so now than you do yeah. cat suits. No, I'm very big hood and heel fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Amy, I imagine he got you into it at the start, or did you have any idea beforehand? Um, 
before you even met? I mean, I knew of it, but I don't, I didn't really have any experience myself with it. I've always been kind of more into experimental sex and kind of was, you know, I, my big thing when I was single was (laughs) having sex with strangers and just going crazy on them. So that was like, (laughs) (laughs) I know that makes me sound really good, but I, that's awesome. I just, I don't know. I got bored with having one person all the time and just, you know, missionary sex and, I couldn't stay in relationships doing that very long. So I knew there had to have be something else for me. And I'm glad that there was, cause I don't think I could have just handled a very vanilla sex life. Um, you, so you knew you were wired differently from the start. Yeah, kind of, I guess that's, that's a good way of putting it. And I've always been a fan of really tight clothing and stuff. And I, I do tend to wear clothes that kind of show off my hips and things like that too. So when I, I was, a little apprehensive about getting a cat suit at first, but then when I put it on, I was like, whoa, this, this is really cool. Like, I used to be kind of, I used to hide my, well, I felt bad about being Kirby, but then when I put on a cat suit, I was like, this is what my body's supposed to be in. Like, it looks good. And it made me feel kind of empowered. So I, I like the feeling. So, well, it kind of turns your body up to 11, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it does. Yeah, it sucks you in in all the right places. It makes you shiny where you're supposed to be. And yeah, it's just, it's it's definitely a, a good feeling, so. It's probably the hardest part to convince a woman that's never worn it because it's when it's laying there, not on and not shined, it's just like, what the hell is that thing? Exactly. It looks really weird. Exactly, yeah. Like getting it in the mail for the first time, it was just, I mean, I was always for it because personally... I mean, like Dan said, he really kind of gradually got us into this. And at that point in our relationship, I was, I was, you know, I loved him and I trusted him. So I was like, I'm cool with trying anything. So the cats, it might have been a bit extreme on looking back at it, but <laughs> that was, like for your first that thing, that was my first thing. Yeah, it was a <laughs> black cat suit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it wasn't like getting a dress or stockings or something, but I did. I mean, it kind of fits your personality, though, that you would do something like that. I guess, yeah. I mean, and it wasn't even like he... I, now looking back on it, it was like, wow, it's kind of crazy. But, it, yeah, it just worked. Well, I, I mean, know. we'd already done, like, everything yeah, as far as true. rope bondage was concerned. I suspended you over my parents' pool table before that even. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we'd done some crazy things. I guess, yeah, we've always just been very open with each other and willing to try things with each other. So, I think... Yeah, apparently. Kind of like <laughs> Cool. So tell me what, what has been the best part of the fetish kids journey so far? Um, not really sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have a chance to, to, well, it's, it's like a, I think normally when you, when you're buying fetish supplies per se, you, it's hard to rationalize it in your mind of, you know, can I make this expense? You know, can I can I buy this extra cat suit or can I buy this inflatable whatever? Especially us just getting out of college a few years ago. Yeah. Like, can do pay right. rent or <laughs> do we buy a back bed? Yeah, we're like, <laughs> I need I need to be saving for a new car. I need to be saving for this or that. Yeah. You know, can I buy a back bed? But when you have a business, it's easy because I can be like, well, it's for the business. It's yeah, a it's totally. I can. We'll be shooting with it, so it's it's worth it. So. That's definitely, I mean, been part of the reason we we have stayed in is just because it has been a way for us to 
be able to experiment into different things. I mean, I don't think we would have ever imagined having as much latex as we do without the business. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really made it also pushes it possible. us it pushes us to try new things too definitely yeah we get a lot of requesting things and bringing up things and yeah which is kind of fun too because i mean we get some requests for things we're like oh that's a really good idea we should do that and then you know it's just it's a new way to find things you like too have anyone ever sent you something to wear in a video oh god all the time um we get we're pretty open with people sending us messages and giving us suggestions on, you know, what they like about the site, what they don't, what they right. would like to see. I mean, we've, we've even done videos, you know, for our fans, like the swim cap video, that was a suggestion. Um, yep. We get a lot of back bed suggestions, a lot of public shoot suggestions. We, we tend, I tend not to, I mean, if it's something we're entirely not interested in, yeah. generally we won't do it. Like we have to have some interest in it, you know, if it's like, Cover yourself in grape jelly and be like, eh. yeah, we're not going to do something if we really <laughs> don't have any sort of interest in it. We're not like, sure, anything to make a video. But yeah. I mean, if it's something we have, we're like, oh, that sounds us. cool, yeah. then we'll do it. So, yeah. Like, I'm shipping you a donkey. It should arrive tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Has anyone actually sent you latex or clothing? They haven't. They've definitely. Um, Sponsors do, but. Yeah. Right. Which are deals we make with people, but I mean, most people are just like, I'd like to see you in a red cat suit with the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. well, I don't really have one. I'd like one, but if you'd like to send me, sure. Yeah. There is a lot of that. <laughs> Why don't you just do this? I'm like, well, it's very expensive. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, we can't just get it. And it's, you mean, we order all this stuff, you know, and from London and all different places. So it's like, well, we can't just like fabricate a suit for you tomorrow. I yeah. wish we could. That'd be awesome. So a lot of time people people get impatient about things and I'm like, there's like a six month delay between <laughs> us ordering the product, getting the product, test shooting it, and then doing the actual shoot, editing it and putting it online, you know? Yeah, it's a right. six month process. So how long would you say it takes to like once you've done a shoot, how long does it take to do the post production and actually get it online? Yeah. On average. Machine, um, he'll get it done the week after we shoot. Yeah, we, we're pretty quick. I mean, it depends. Yeah, that's pretty It fast. depends when I get to it. Like, yeah. I, we can shoot something and it can sit there for a month sometimes if, you know, we have other things waiting to be done or, you But know. naturally, I think it takes you, if you sit down and really do it, I'd takes say a, takes a day, a day to, and then maybe another day to do it, all the website stuff. Well, the problem is HD rendering takes about 12 hours to wow. the videos. So then you got, I do about a full 10 hour day to edit them and pull out all the stills and then it renders overnight and the next morning I edit the photos and put it online and then upload it. Uploading another takes another, what, probably five or six hours to upload yeah. it. Yeah, and hopefully the render went well and with no problems because then you got to do it all over again. That, that's another thing oh, that boy. I like about doing the site is I can order really nice computer stuff. I have like a gigantic nerd station. He does you know, the huge, nicest computer you can imagine. And also we have, you know, a bunch of professional studio lighting and nice cameras and stuff. That's the inner nerd in me loves that. Yeah. You're talking to a man who appreciates it. Believe me. I always try to make my toys pay for themselves. I know, right? You have to. I mean, it's really not worth getting the cheap stuff when you're going to be using it constantly. So it's better to get quality. What is, what has been your favorite scene to film so far? Oh boy. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny because sometimes I go on our website and I'll look through shoots and stuff and I'd say 50% of them 
I don't even remember doing because I, <laughs> I mean I get into this I mean it really is just him and I so it's much more of a real experience for me and I just fall in a subspace and I'm like oh yeah we did that like I it's just so bizarre and surreal a lot of the times um well let me see I'd I'd say that I did really enjoy doing the the public Halloween shoot, even though that really? was even though it was so chaotic and we had no control of what was going on. That was my least favorite shoot. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it was as the cameraman. It must have been an, a nightmare. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, there's a lot of parts that aren't in there, but like every time I would walk too far away from her, I'd I'd look down and she'd be being groped by some guy, and I'd have to run over there and be like, you know, quit it. And then yeah, it was just super annoying for me and and just. I think I got a rush out of it though, just because like it was my first time really wearing latex in a complete public situation where it wasn't like a fetish event; it was just normal people. So I was just like, "Yeah, world, bring it!" And then I just got to walk around and stuff. So that was fun. <laughs> Learning new stuff. I didn't know that was your favorite. <laughs> yeah. um, what was yours? Trying to think of other shoots we've done. Um. Well, looking like to the, my favorite one to watch would be the Halloween one, probably. Mm -hmm. um, what one are you sort of most proud of as a technical point of view? Technical point of view? From a filmmaking point of view. I can't even remember. I'm with Amy. I can't remember half of the shoots. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really hard. <laughs> you have to produce them. so much. It's harder. And it, most of it's just stuff that we happen to be doing at the time, you know, like. Or we do in our own play life, so then we just kind of film it, and we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like we stumble upon... The, the, the easiest one that ever happened was the Strapato one, because that just... Oh, that was a fun one. Yeah, that was just kind of spare the moment. I was like, come here, I'm going to, you know, hang you from... <laughs> come here. <laughs> that was very natural, actually. Yeah. I'd say that's kind of how almost all our shoots are. Like, we usually go in maybe having an idea of what we're going to do, but we never, like, map out an entire shoot. It's really just, like, today we're going to play with the back bed, and then we do, and we just do what we would normally do in our own play. We don't really, like, set out scene by scene. It's just whatever we, we want to do. Mostly we plan out lights and stuff. Yeah, lighting we have to. But I like I liked lighting a lot in the Bound on Desk one. That was a good one. Oh, that was fun. And also I liked... Uh, the one where you have the condom put on. Oh, that was a good one too. That was just really. That was probably one of my favorite ones too. That was one of my favorite ones. It was just surreal to do because I don't know. Whenever she puts that hood on and she's entirely covered, it just doesn't feel like she's there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The condom hood shot was definitely my first time feeling like I can understand the saying rubber doll. It was like I noticed the only skin that was showing were like my nostrils and that was it. And I was like, I am completely covered in rubber, even my mouth. So Yeah, that was those are those are things are great. I love it those. It's totally surreal. It yeah. kind of uh, solidified it for us. We're gonna get a lot more condom things, can't condom suits and condom hoods and stuff. Yeah. That awesome. was kind of a, a new thing for us to play with and we really liked it. So Yeah, you won't hear any complaining from me. <laughs> I want to get an all-in-one one, so like with a hood attached and it has a lock on it. That's my my new. Yeah, that sounds like fun. That's for you too because you love locks. I do. <laughs> <laughs> She's the reason you have so many locks. I I have a about thirty small padlocks with the same key. One of the best things I ever did. How did you do that? Uh, it's, when it's time to yeah. time to get unlocked, there's just one key instead of 
going through a huge ring of them. Dude, that's so great because yeah. I'm always like, which key goes to what? Because I have no idea. And then I'm just... There was one time we went out and we didn't bring the right keys. Yeah. And oh. I couldn't unlock you. Oh, yeah. Oh, darn. <laughs> she really... Yeah, it was such a pain for him. I can't remember when it was, though. I don't either, but I do remember that. Yeah, I just remember mm-hmm. being like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you were like... Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> how is this kind of private? I know it's kind of more of a personal question, but how does your private sort of sex life? Do you guys still play as much as you used to, or is your private lives morphed into this? Have you had any issues with that? Um, I would say personally, I mean that is a pretty big issue within our relationship. I mean, it's we used to play a lot, and I mean we still do, but it definitely has changed things just because, I mean, we've made our sex life into a business. So Mm -hmm. it's sometimes hard to separate business from personal, personal sex life that I think sometimes we've, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times when we do personal things, it's like we almost have to make it into as big of a production as we <laughs> a video. Yeah, that's so exactly there's, what it is. there's sometimes which it's like which is super annoying. We'll be well, we should I wanna play tonight. But you know, it's getting late, so we should probably do something little. But we think we have to do everything over the top, crazy big. So then total it's enclosure. like total enclosure, you know, locks, ropes, everything, and it's like but it's like 12 in the morning, you know, 12 at night or something. And we're just like, oh, I'm just too tired to do this. And it's like, we have to realize, like, not everything has to be a yeah. big production. We just have fun <laughs> by ourselves, do little things, and we'll still enjoy it. So I think it, it is a struggle sometimes, definitely. Normal sex is probably more of the, the rarity. We, we, we yeah, have to try. We have to push for normal sex sometimes. Because like, Can I look at my- well, that's, that's the thing, right? I mean, you sort of... You make time and make plans to have vanilla sex because it's a treat. It's kind of rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you guys have you guys seen the preaching to the perverted? <laughs> you have? Oh, wait. I've seen it about ten no. times. Oh, I've never. I've no, never, I've never seen that. Never actually. even heard it. Oh, you, yeah. Go find preaching to the perverted. You'll love it. Hmm. It's a it's a British film about a guy who was sent into investigate the fetish underworld by a church leader. Okay. And uh, costumes and everything are really great. But the main main character, the woman, uh, she's a dominatrix, and her wildest fantasy is to have, have a totally vanilla, straight <laughs> wedding with, you know, white bedroom with four-poster bed <laughs> and unicorns, and it's her deepest, darkest fantasy. <laughs> I bet as a dominatrix, you would be that way. I mean, totally. I mean, for us, though, it's almost like we have a hard time having vanilla sex. Like, we used to all the time, and now I think it's like we'll start with vanilla sex, and then it always sort of turns into something. You'll run run off and come Even if we don't want it to, it just seems like it has to be that way. Well, once you've had double chocolate fudge ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) with chocolate sauce on top why would you want to go back for vanilla ice cream yeah it's totally it's nice but put a little chocolate sauce on it and then it's good definitely definitely well the same rate people are always like you know why not you guys should be in cat suits having sex all the time like that and a lot of it's just like it's hard 
it's a, it's a, it takes a lot of time to get dressed and you know do everything. And then you're done. You have to clean it all. I mean, yep. it can be a big. And I just don't want to. Sometimes after we shoot or after we play, it just sits there dirty for like days. I mean, we call them latex hangovers, and I think yes. we have them. Like, yep. we play with latex for you know pretty hardcore for a day or two. Just the smell alone, it's like smelling alcohol the day after. It's just like, oh, can't even do it today. <laughs> so. Yeah, boy, I have a clothes basket full of rubber under the bathroom counter right now. It's been there, been it's been there for a week. I'm just not yeah, ready to just, deal with it. You don't want to do it. You got to take a break at some time. So. Yeah. And we do little things, though, quite frequently, like put a hood on or yeah. she'll put a sexy. She has a lot of dresses that no one's ever seen because we never really put them on film. <laughs> but you have a nice closet of lingerie yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's probably worn a lot more in our. Because I can actually put it on myself without having Dan, like try and strap me into my cat suit for 20 minutes because I can't get into it by <laughs> myself, so. Yeah. <laughs> she likes them tight. Tight is good. So here's a question for you. All right. Do you consider what you do to be porn? It's, it's kind of funny because I don't, um, and I kind of forget what I do sometimes. <laughs> like, I forget certain situations, but I'll be like, oh, did you know... Someone's a porn star, and Dan will be like, "Well, we make porn," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> right, we do." Like, porn stars. It's just it seems so since it's just us and no one else is really involved. It just seems more like it's our sex life, and I forget, you know, people can see us having sex, and we have a website and things like that. It's just I don't know. I don't really see myself as that. Nothing wrong yeah. with it, but I just don't equate myself with it. <laughs> so, how would you define what you do? Just sort of like erotica or? Personally, I find it to be very much porn. I mean, it, I see it as porn, but I guess I just don't see myself as it a porn star. Like, it doesn't really... It doesn't really equate with regular porn, because regular porn, I think, is more or mainstream porn. Well, it's not genuine. Yeah, it's yeah. less genuine. And I don't know. I, I Personally, I was just kind of differentiated fetish porn from normal porn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I would yeah. consider it porn, I guess. But for us, I just feel like we're two regular people who just started a website, which is exactly what we are. So Yeah. And well, I'm sure you have thousands of fans who are really happy you did. <laughs> we hope so. Yeah. So how does how has being a couple made the experience unique, do you think? I think it's made it more meaningful. I mean, I think just being able to share experiences with this with one person and kind of develop an interesting sex life with someone I think it it just means more than if I did it with someone I really didn't know I mean I think it's just it's better basically it's more yeah personal. not a lot of couples would could say they've left a legacy either you know besides children <laughs> yeah you know, it's true like you guys have this whole kind of thing going right now and and you can't get it back it's mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. it's true you know, not a lot of couples have ever done anything remotely close to that so true <laughs> person sort of vanilla non-kink life is always potentially at odds with their fetish lives and i know myself i try to keep the keep the two separate and anonymous 
you know people that I know, you can sort of figure it out. But no one I know in my professional business life knows what I do or who I am. How do you guys reconcile your vanilla lives with your fetish lives? Has there ever been any issues? Um, we, we definitely, no one we know personally knows what we do. Um, so it is very much of a, a double life thing for us as well. Um, but I can't say we've really run into problems with it so much. Sometimes I get questions <laughs> as to like true. why, where I get the money to buy certain production items, like the camera. <laughs> yeah. Where do you get the money to do that? Or I get questions like, well, don't you have a regular full-time job? So then when I tell them about things I do do, they're just like, and you make enough money to do that? And I'm like, oh, well, there is this other thing. But yeah, it's just, it, it's kind of more questions like that that we can't really fully answer for people. But yeah, about, about there's it. also like, when you're, it's funny because when you're hanging out with your vanilla friends, they'll always <laughs> want to talk about their sex lives. <laughs> you just have to button up and you can't say anything because, I mean, I'm pretty sure my friends think I have like the most boring sex life ever because they'll always just say something like, oh, we had sex all night and it was so great. And then I'm just thinking in my <laughs> head, like, I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to answer anything. And so I think they just think I'm like. You did recommend the totally Hitachi to everyone. I do give advice about Hitachi quite a bit. But that's uh, you got to be careful with that thing. You're going to burn it off <laughs> if you're not careful. Dude, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I do need a. It's an addiction for sure. There's something about sex toys that plug into the wall, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that device is only brought out at the end when all else or all other means have been done. <laughs> and it never fails. <laughs> that was my first toy. And before we even got into bondage, I mean, or anything really, that was probably the first thing you introduced to me. That was the first thing. I was just like, I don't know what really sparked it, but I was just like, we're having crazy sex. Let's just go buy right. some crazy sex toys. And then <laughs> half of them, the only thing I think we still use is the Itachi out of that. Yeah, that was... I bought a bunch of things that I thought would be cool, but they were just horrible. That was our best investment for sure. I can hear the latex <laughs> uh, creaking and slapping on the other end there. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Dude, move around a bit in front of the camera and... Give her fans your job. Your candy. Hers is so tight it never it's really so crinkles. It's tight. It doesn't actually move. Yeah, I can't even do it. <laughs> She's usually so slick and tight it doesn't do anything. Like this, this suit is so tight. There's not even a wrinkle in it. She's broken all of her suits with the tightest sound. ones. So <laughs> I don't know how I squeeze into it, but I manage. <laughs> tight is good. You guys buy silicone lube by the gallon, right? Oh, so. completely. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be going through a bottle every week or so. Through cheap loot, got to give us some deal sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I'm a, it's so glad I found out about cheaploops.com. Great. <laughs> we throw so much their way, they should give us something. <laughs> you know, I went down to our local store here and priced out a bottle that, that they sell and then did the math. And if I were to buy a gallon of, I think yeah. it's about $100. About $90, I think, yeah. actually. Yeah, about 100 shipping, I think. For the gallon, it would be about five hundred dollars to buy the same amount of lube if I bought it in the uh, sixteen ounce bottles mm -hmm. here. It's just that's crazy, unreal. 
I'm always telling my wife what a deal we got. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> it's so cheap. Check it out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the first time we got one, um, we got a half gallon, and he sent me like a picture message on my phone, and I was like, "Holy shit! Look at this bottle! Like it's it was crazy so big." Funny when I got it's this. just so comically large. Then, but now we use them all the time. That was back so. when we had roommates, and my roommate saw it and thought it was soap. <laughs> yeah. He so, thought it was car washing liquid. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. We were gonna. I think we were going to my my mom's. That's before we had our own place. So we yeah. Were, we would shoot wherever we could find. Yeah, it. I think my parents were gone, so we shot in their house for a weekend. Which that was, was back when we were shooting photos, kind of though. Bad. But um, he was running out with a giant bottle, and he's like, "You guys gonna wash your car this weekend?" And we're like, "Yeah, <laughs> we we are." <laughs> yeah, my car is not simpler enough. We're just gonna <laughs> give it a nice wipe and it'll go like hell. So do you guys. Do you both work full-time or do you have part-time jobs or what do you do when you're not doing fetish kitsch? Um, I have a part-time job. I guess it's kind of hard to do full-time with um, fetish kitsch and things like that because we do usually shoot a couple times during the week. So um, I'm into fashion and retail and things like that. So I've been working with a specialty boutique and helping them with buying and fashion shows and blogging and stuff like that so that's kind of a big passion of mine gotcha like to get into buying or something and dan are you is this your what you do for all the time right now i just i just graduated college in july yeah so i mean it's hard looking for another job because it's like, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, no kidding. The freedom of what we're doing now. Yeah, I mean, we don't think we'll ever have this sort of free time and free will to be able to do what we want ever again, probably. <laughs> so it's hard to give up. Kids Productions now is an insurance provider, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've got full benefits. So. <laughs> yeah. You guys are like the poster child for the making your own way, you know. It's really a great story. And so many people out there looking for work and really down on the dumps and here you guys are just sort of screw it let's make our own little porn empire yeah and I, I think that's really the way you can succeed in life is something's not out there for you just make it for yourself you know do what you have to do to make it happen yeah and i mean dan was talented with this sort of thing so it just sort of worked out well it's more of i've always wanted to work in some any any kind of production porn or otherwise <laughs> <laughs> and i live in wisconsin so yeah. <laughs> you you live you're living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> so to do the production part, what are some of the technical challenges you've faced <laughs> and dealt with? Well what's, what's the biggest bugbear? The the biggest thing is being the cameraman, the rigger and the light you know, the the key light grip too. Yeah, all three of those things at the same time can be really, really stressful. And and wearing rubber too, like it's, rubber gloves. Yeah, yeah, in rubber gloves because if you if you don't wear rubber gloves over time, you keep touching the lube. I think it like destroys your hands. And mm. uh, and wearing the the, the cat suits in the hood, sometimes you'll notice I'll rip my hood off after the shoot just because I'll be so hot. I mean, yeah. he's constantly moving through a shoot. I mean, I. <laughs> I have the easy job. I just get to lay there and enjoy myself. And then I look up and he's moving lights and he's moving the camera and he's 
you know, fixing my ropes or something. And he's just like buckets of sweat. And I'm just like, oh man, it's hard work. And the lights tip over a lot now. <laughs> That's been a recent bane of our existence. We had to stop production for like two weeks because a bunch of our lights would fall down during a shoot and they would shatter. So we'd have to get oh, lights. And yeah. We Ouch. just had, we had an epic amount of problems. Then one of my monitors died and it's hard editing video on one monitor. I know I'm kind of prima donna like that, but... <laughs> Once you have it, though, it's hard not to. Once you have two months. Yeah, I hear you. Used to it. Yeah. So, have you ever thought about getting a, someone in to come and help and do the filming? Um, when we first started, someone offered, but we were kind of scared to just bring other people in right away, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was pretty much as soon as we started the business, so it was just kind of weird to be like, okay... A, we're doing this, and we're letting people see it, and B, we're bringing outside sources into it, so it was kind of hard to make yeah. leap. But now I think we're getting to the point where we would be a little bit more open to at least a camera guy. It'd be more finding the right person, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Probably more mine. I, I have a very specific, I'm very, I'm kind of uh, obsessive about making sure everything looks great. Yeah. But I think that's why we kind of succeed is because you are a perfectionist, you know. But I, that's my problem in finding a cameraman is mm -hmm. I'm very, you know. Yeah. And it's hard to find people that are both very talented with, you know, that specific thing and also fetishists. Yeah. They won't right. freak out when we start doing things. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not only that, but they can actually remain professional through the shoot, not instead of turning into yeah. a gibbering idiot. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they know what to look for, too, like, you know, what things to focus up on and what things not to. Right. What, what is the fetish about? Yeah. You know, what are the good things about it? Yeah, I mean, I, that must be challenging. Although, on the other hand, the whole fetish kitsch thing, uh, the fact that you guys are doing it yourselves, I don't know, maybe it kind of it's reinforces the whole thing, you know. If you had someone come, else come in, it wouldn't be so kitschy. And we do get a lot of comments on that, on how people do like that it is a very intimate and very hands-on experience with our videos, which we have been wondering, you know, if we would lose that, if we would bring someone else in. But at some points, it would just be nice to be able to give a little bit more broader of a, a shot and let Dan kind of calm down for a second. I think it would increase production values insanely. And yeah. I think also, I mean... Just to shoot, I don't know. There's a lot of sorry. pros and cons about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like if you're self-employed consultant, whatever, and you're considering hiring employees and branching out into that sort of thing. It's it's a big step. Yeah, you know? definitely. You want to make sure you're making a commitment with the right person. If, if we did, it wouldn't be like every shoot, I don't think. No. But it would be like for the bigger ones, I'd want to have an extra cameraman or maybe if you get a nice hot girl to dom you. I'm sure you'd like that. That would suck. <laughs> yeah. be what, horrible. Whatever. You send me, you show me pictures of, of cute girls all the time. Look at her. Well, there's a lot of people out there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So I've noticed on your site that, that Latex and Lovers provides latex for some of your videos and stuff. So is that a, a relationship that's recent or how did that come about? When did that start? That's been for a while now. You, that was the first course that we bought was from Latex and Lovers, mostly because they sold on eBay and it's cheap and I was a 
not really sure if we'd like this. Is what we would like about courses. This well, this like created that. the website. This is before we made money doing this, so mm -hmm. I was very trying to keep things my costs low. And she actually sells very good corsets for the price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's good boning, good quality latex. She makes them really well. And then it broke like a year or two later, and you wanted a new one, and we bought you a you bought a breathless one, and didn't like it. I'm sorry to the breathless people. Yeah. I wasn't. It was a great course. It just wasn't for me, but it was really well made. Um, so then, yeah, we got a new one, and well, no, I, her I forget her website was dodgy, and I couldn't tell if she was selling them. So I emailed her and was like, and I said something about our website or something. I don't think it was intentional, but then she asked us if we would take photos, product photos of some stuff. If we, she sent it to us, and then that just kept going and going and going and going. Yeah, and this, I mean, this was over a year ago then now, mm -hmm. and um, no, we have, probably even more than that. We're doing a lot of other really small, lesser known um, retailers that will be coming out soon, we just did, plus Kink Engineering. Yeah, we work with Kink Engineering sometimes too. Yeah, just, we, I don't know, tend to be just smaller people that want to, you know, they both want nice photos taken of their stuff as well as, you know. We get something out of it too, so. Yeah, just nice. kind of cross Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So what are your here's the big question. This is like the uh the work interview question. What are your long term goal with the project? <laughs> <laughs> where do you, where do you guys see Fetish Kitch going? Where do you think it's gonna go? We we definitely wanna keep it going and keep it growing. Um may dwindle. <laughs> may dwindle? Well, um, well, first of all, there's only so much people are going to want to see us do. I mean, adventurers going to be like, I'm out of things to do to you. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably be a while, but um, also the same way, I think I would personally like just to, if, you know, eventually we're probably going to get, you know, a full-time job doing something else, which is okay. I mean, we can't do this forever, but I would like to keep it going as kind of a, maybe a, a, a high quality photo or just short, like not, not porn necessarily, but you know just nice images and nice videos just you know yeah but i think it'll i mean we're we're definitely not going to be quitting anytime soon with it i mean we'll be making videos for at least a couple of years don't you think as long as you can i imagine yeah i mean as long as we can keep it up and people still want to see us we'll do it mm -hmm. um i personally would like to do it would be awesome if i could get like do modeling product shoots for like a latex distributor. That would be like awesome for me. I would love that. She, so. she would love um, <laughs> HW Design. HW Design or Lady Lucy or really any of those. Or HMS. HMS. I mean, if you're listening and yeah, if you want to products, a, we'll take some shots for you. Or yeah, at Sudokudo, you're if you're out there. Yeah, anyone yeah. listening. We so. will we will put banners all over our website. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll tattoo it on my forehead. I I will remove our head banner and just put you right there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll change the site for you. HMS brings you a fetish <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, it, yeah, if you if you're enjoying it and it's providing some form of means to a living, then shit, why not? Why stop? <laughs> one, more thing, one more thing I'd like to do before we stop too is is to make like some big like one media type productions. Yes. I feel like there's been a huge hole since, you know, yeah, Zach, you know. Yeah. You're telling me. And I think I don't know, I don't I don't I'm, that's kind of uh pretentious to say that I think that I could 
I could do it, but I'd like to give it a try at least, you know? Yeah. If you think you can do it, you can do it. Maybe when, I mean, our, when we get enough production equipment, you know, I'd like to get some new cameras yeah. and stuff. And Yeah. I mean, the, the Gwen Media stuff was great and the models were gorgeous and, and everything, but there were, there was still some technical issues they had, you know, really bad lighting and sound was, wasn't that great. So I think it was just the, uh, the time really, I mean, yeah. prosumer stuff really didn't exist back then. You know, it was very, it was either you buy the very high end or nothing. Mm -hmm. So now I think there's a whole middle class of things, you know, like our lights aren't very that expensive, but I think they do a pretty good job. We try to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait for Fetish Kitch the movie. <laughs> we call him something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. So where can we find out more about Fetish Kitch? What's the best way to find out about it? Um, Your website? Fetishkitch.com. Um, Kitch spelled K-I-T-S-C-H. That's very difficult, but yes. <laughs> And we also, have a, we also have a Tumblr, an active blog that we maintain, too. Which that, is all linked on our website, and we update it weekly, so there's usually something always thrown up there. We try to be as accessible as possible, although we Definitely. try to keep it tasteful. Don't just, you know, send us pictures of your wiener. But, yeah. I mean, we always, yeah, yeah, a lot of our fans will just message us, and we prefer, we suggest people do that. You know, we're, we try and make ourselves as, club, you know, as easy to get a hold of as possible so right you guys are on fet life and yep we're yep. on fet life fetish kitch and miss kitch so yeah feel free to email us we try to be want. uh kind of like a not a role model but some kind of uh informational access point for couples looking to you know well it just kind of came that way people started asking us questions and most, we always answer them most questions we get are actually in regards to couples wanting to do things or how can I get my wife or girlfriend into this or that or the other thing? Well, always answer. Interesting. So, like, ask, <laughs> ask Miss Kitch. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We have that. That was the reason the blog came about. Was we got a lot of the same questions, and I was like, I'm just making a blog, and then yeah, instead of answering once. it 20 times. So now, yeah, we just put a lot of our information, questions that people ask on the blog. Yeah. Great. Well, well, I will. Let you guys get back to your production, and you got to get some good use out of the rubber you're wearing. <laughs> so, really, really pleased, and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. And hope you guys continue to do your thing for for a long time. Well, thanks. It's a pleasure meeting you too. We think you guys are pretty great as well. So, oh, oh, she has a, a lady crush on your. I wife. may have a crush on your <laughs> wife. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> I'll come west. <laughs> exactly. We have a spare room. <laughs> right on. Okay, thank you. Take, Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 Many thanks to Amy and Dan from Fetish Kitch for their great conversation. I recommend you check out their website and sign up if you want to see some real, genuine, slippery, squeaky, orgasmic rubber fun. And thank you for tuning in and supporting the Fetish Dynasty Project. Many episodes are planned, and I hope to produce one every couple months, maybe even more frequently if I can find the time. Again, check out FetishDynasty.com for all the latest updates and links, and add the Fetish Dynasty RSS feed to your aggregator to be notified of any new content. And if you have no idea what I just said, then don't worry about it.
This is Fetish Dynasty. Peace out, you bunch of perverts. Thank you.